everybody. Welcome to the USL show, episode 30, technically. If you're not counting any of the um, special episodes we did, so like any of the You Play We Don'ts or any of the Just Interview episodes or any of our power rankings or anything like that, this is episode 30. So um, this is exciting. Welcome. I'm your host, as always, Evan Valala. And I'd like to remind you, of course, that this show is, is brought to you by our good friends at Roughneck Scarves, which is your home for um, MLS, USL, national team scarves, as well as uh, personal scarves for your podcast, fundraiser, whatever you'd like it to be. Uh, check out those guys, roughneckscarves.com. We are also sponsored and brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network of Podcasts, which is a wonderful podcast network. Um, shout out to this week we'll do Raising Bulls because Joe doesn't get enough credit for what he does. And um, I'm going to shout out uh, Hugh Roberts and Backyard Footy because he just put out an episode with like four of my favorite people. Mm. Um, and even though I'm biased, it's really good. Um, it's four guys uh, in Marcus Epps, Chris Nanko, Santi Moore, and James Chambers, uh, and Hugh himself, who all have you know four or five differing ways of getting to where they are right now in soccer in America, and they're all terribly interesting. So give that a give that a listen. Um, some really good stuff in there. Uh, joining me tonight, it is the waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area. It is the cream in your Irish coffee. My dear friend, Phil Grimms. Phil, how are you? Doing good. Good. Getting close to the playoffs. I'm, I'm excited. It's a, it's a tight race and I'm, it's I'm that excited. time of year. It's, it's perhaps the most wonderful time of the year, the end of the season. Pretty good. Uh, <laughs> for some, well, for some teams, it's great. Other for teams, not so much. Speaking of some teams, um, it's our version of Chuck Polinick and Elliot Smith. He is the biggest man in Beautiful Game Network podcast. He's also one of the hosts to play the kids. It's Kevin McCamish. Hi, Kev. What's up, man? Uh, you know, I'm living life. How are you? Good, good. Good. I, as you can see, I'm representing my, my Timbers army over yonder, um, which is and great. Yep, got your play the kids shirt. I do. I do. I was really going hard for you tonight for whatever reason. I have no idea why. Anyway, um, I guess I'd be remiss. She's shaking her head currently, so I'll get to introducing her. Ladies and gentlemen, we are graced by a 2008 Pennsylvania State soccer champion, as well as someone who has their master's degree, meaning she's more accomplished at soccer than we are and smarter than we are, which means we're doomed, and this will be the final episode. It's uh, Lauren Ellen Ashcraft from, among other things, Woman Goals or Woman Goals. I don't actually know how you say that, but there you go. How do you say that? Yeah. Uh, uh, hello, everyone. First, Hi, we hello. say we say woe mongols. Woe um, mongols. Whoa. Yeah, like there it, it is. There you it really, is. You really go for the pronunciations, and I appreciate. Yeah, it. we we do. We try and over enunciate, Liz and I. Yeah, that's that's really the key to any good podcast is to make sure those P's are popping. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. You know. How now? The Human Torch was denied cow. a loan. Yeah. 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 Really good <laughs> that stuff. was a race <laughs> to that joke. Um, <laughs> my wife uh anyway guys uh soccer was played this week and i'm very excited to to get to that however do we have a bit of news phil Duh, yeah uh i'm okay. trying to catch up on it uh um, all good all good yeah i think the first one that's easy to talk about is that nisa sure. is making a go of it and they have applied yeah. for d3 sanctioning so that's interesting it is um no teams in their proposal right no, no. There's okay. uh, there's the uh, a few tweets out there where people are trying to guess who it is, and and sometimes they kind of guess exactly what city, and then usually they guess kind of a region, where it's like <laughs> three of these New England cities are possible. <laughs> okay, so fair enough. Yeah, no. Um, no yeah, I mean they don't need um to have teams. You know, today 
you know, and I think because USL D3 is working on some more teams, um, NISA, you know, obviously working on teams, but at the same time, you know, the more you know now, the better your bid looks and the stronger your league is perceived to be, um, which is always a, a leg up over everybody else um, that you're trying to, I don't know, quote unquote, compete with. Uh, but at the same time, I'm just very happy that there's two leagues that are at least, you know, trying to make a go of things for sure, because there's been um, a bit of a gap recently and, and hopefully those will fill up and hopefully they can both stay, um, you know, relevant and stay up because yeah. I would hate to see more leagues come in and then drop, you know, after three or four years ago. Yeah. I think the biggest thing to talk about there is that, um, you know, it's not just USL versus NISA. There's also MPSL pro and apparently, you know, MPSL pro and NISA have differing ideas on how to yes. do it. And so yeah. they, they are not working together, even though to me that seems a little more logical. So yeah, yeah egos and things or, or even i mean not i don't want to say just outright egos but i you know they might have a couple of of to them significant to a lot of people i think insignificant things that they disagree on and that's the end of it so yeah. we'll see yeah Kev, and then- laura ellen thoughts on the division three things happening laura ellen we haven't had you on so you can talk about whatever you want as far as d3 goes yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I think, um, you know, they're, you know, historically thinking about just from a financial perspective, what the different divisions, both D3, you know, and now D2, and especially with, uh, you know, the recent article, and, and this has been a long conversation about, um, you know, how much these players are making. Um, I don't know, for me, it just raises a bunch of questions, not only from a sustainability perspective as the league from a holistic perspective, but then also uh, from a player perspective, you know, is it really realistic to be asking these players to be making, you know, like 12, 10, 12, $15,000 a year? Like, is that really what we want here in the U S and, and I don't know what the answer to that is. Um, You know, so I just, I think it's one of those things like time will tell. Um, But that's my perspective. Uh. But you gotta go a little bit slower. I need to get my dictionary out because you're using big words and I'm trying to <laughs> Kev, who recently disclosed to us that he in fact is a double major, so I don't want to hear any of that yeah. either. <laughs> and a post back. So I don't have a master's degree, but all the credits I accumulated are equivalent to a master's. But she, her, she's better than me. Don't worry don't about mean it. A thing no, if no, 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 no. I, I don't know. <laughs> Degrees mean nothing. It means I'm really good at jumping through hoops. Mm. <laughs> Fight the power. Something we're being suppressed as a society. It's a little more practical. Um, <laughs> Kev, what, uh, your thoughts? Well, so I, I have a question to ask you guys about D3. <clears throat> um, with all of these, you know, I mean, I, I feel like USL D3 seems to be the most uh, has their shit together type of division but in these other co- competing divisions people that want to get into D- d3 the landscape doesn't seem historically the landscape in america for sports doesn't seem to uh, support multiple competing leagues mm-hmm. uh, i believe the nfl had two things you know merge nba did the same thing i'm not even sure if the, if the nhl had a different league that merged at some point but yep. you know and then mls took first took the first division, NASL tried to compete, that didn't work out. USL, you know, defeated them. So so my question to you is with these different uh, leagues that are trying to gain D3 status, if more than one gains it, 
do we think that we would see something very similar where one league will rise above the others? Um, it, can I do like a my head says and my heart says answer? Yeah. Like, can oh, I give you a exactly. joke? Of course. Okay, so my head in that what I logically think will happen is yes, someone will win out, which sucks. My heart says no. I want all three of those, or I want you know. I want NPSL Pro and NISA to, to you know, put their differences aside and become a, a stronger D3 than what they're going to be separate, I think. Um, so do I want there to be, you know, three division, three leagues? And do I think if, if we're looking at a map and we're seeing where USL D3 seems to be setting up shop, so to speak, do I think there's room for NPSL Pro and NISA to kind of, coexist with that and make it like a weird territorial thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. And I have a lot more faith in NPSL pro and USLD three being able to coexist than I do hmm. three leagues. See, you make a very good point there as far as coexistence, um, regionalizing a lower <laughs> tier league would in fact, I think help, the, the the leagues not necessarily again like they would be able to coexist but but what you're doing is you're removing the the competition aspect of it like that's and, the only reason NPSL right now is successful is because they're very region based exactly not and that's, the only that's, reason but I mean it, it it certainly helps them more than than it doesn't yeah. right but but in speaking on on UP, on NPSL you also have uh, an example of where two leagues. I don't know if they compete or not, but they are coexisting in the same division, USL Pro and the NPSL, both Division Four uh, semi-pro slash amateur teams where a lot of the college players try to play during the summertime. Um, we have, like in Oregon, we have two teams that are USL Pro and two teams that are NPSL. Um, and so it's it's working. It's worked out around here so far, but, you know, I think the examples of where leagues within the same division can coexist are uh, few and far between. Yeah. I think the reason that works though um, is, is that you can have two semi-pro teams in the same city because you can have them even like 30, 40, 50 miles away from each other. And they're not even coming close to stealing each other's fans. There's no overhead basically for teams like that. And so that's a big difference yep. in, in D3. Yep. Perhaps it's easier than D2 and obviously D1 to do that. Um, and, and that's part of Nisa's model is um, no, no expansion fees, right? That's a really big part of the way they look at things. And obviously the pro rel thing is something they want to be a huge part of as well. Um, but you know, making less overhead makes it easier to join the party and then the pro rel sort of thing hopefully elevates the play to a, a, t a higher tier at some point. Yeah. Um, my only, my only kind of hesitation about not having expansion fees as much as I think they can be BS at times is that you're kind of just inviting whoever wants to come come in you know like it's it's like you're throwing a, a college frat party again yeah um and sometimes you have really great guests and other times you have not so great guests and that can kind of ruin the whole thing for everyone so i don't want to talk about d3 for you know 800 years every week um but yeah no that's that's some good good talks friends good talks mm -hmm. so what else you got
Um, I did talk to the Rochester Rhinos folks, and so um, there's not much more to report, but other than, you know, one thing they said about their stadium they have now, which is a beautiful stadium, mm-hmm. um, part of what they said made it hard to afford a team was, you know, when it went up to D2, they were never really founded for a D2 team. They were always a D3 team, and then USL went up, and so they went up and they would have had to upgrade that stadium a lot. And on top of that, like in St. Louis, there are ancillary fields where there's kids playing 24-7. Like the USL games are almost hard to fit in there because there's so much going on there. And that's part of what fuels the senior team is the money that comes in from that. And so they said that's a really good model. That's what they want. That's what they need in order to survive. And so they thought, you know, if they build a new stadium in a different spot with more fields on the outside to make a little more money to match the criteria for D3 sanctioning, that's kind of their thought process there. And so I, th- I thought those were, those were the highlights in a way that were things that I hadn't necessarily thought of, the income mm. and, and the reasons to move. So they're looking and they have no plans further than looking and starting a stadium right now. <laughs> But Rochester's back, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm very happy they're back. I saw a random tweet um, that speak- they might uh, rebrand, and I, I think that's the worst idea on the planet. No, thank you. No, so, don't, don't do it. I think everyone should go out there and tell them not to do that, and I think it might be convincing yeah. enough. So. Um, other news, uh, speaking of coming back, Orlando City B in D3 next year. Um not really surprised. Um, I, I think they were one of the MLS two sides when they were around the last couple of years that were doing it properly. Um, and now I think, especially with James O'Connor at the helm of the first team, um, he gets what USL is and what that can mean to, to Orlando city B who haven't been great this year for, for, I mean, a variety of reasons, but, um, so yeah, nice to have them back in D three next year as well. Um, then the rumor mill started flying. I'm not going to say a whole lot other than, um, no one in USL right now is moving Dell as of today, as of today, other than people who have announced. Well, only because, you know, and, and the internet's a fun place in that you can present any rumor that you want for free. Um, unless you're a part of the athletic and then, um, then you have to pay for it kind of, uh, um, but you know, you can put anything you want out there. And if it's, it's in that sweet spot of being crazy enough that people are surprised by it, but still believable enough that it could happen. Everyone kind of latches onto it, which then turns it into how is your tone and what is your context like in your tweet? Right. Which is a very hard thing to, um, manage and there's not a whole lot of ways to be like hey this is a rumor unless you just outright say it which isn't as effective as just clickbaiting people um all that to say there's no plans to drop anybody currently plus three as of uh now um but there's a couple more teams in the works and i think we'll leave it there (laughs) so we don't get yelled at i think we can say that that d3 wants more independent clubs than they want to clubs. Yes. They don't want it to be a reserve league. You know what I mean? So no. I think, I think with that in mind, you might be able to kind of keep, keep count and, and ha- keep an eye on things in that way. Yeah. And, and 
just to be on the other side of things, you know, uh, people can change their minds. So sure. while today nobody's going down right. tomorrow, someone could just be like, eh, I changed my mind in the next season. I think, I think this off season will really just tell us how, how it all goes. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really expect anybody in the USL to voluntarily go down for any reason. No. Yeah. Unless the financials a lot worse than we guys. There was games played this week. Um, and I know our, our lovely special guest prepared the hell out of her notes. Thank goodness. So I figure we'll probably just get into it. And, um, Funny enough, things started while we were recording last week on Monday with uh, RSL Monarchs dropping a... Uh, uh, they're in a weird slide. One, the two. Um, San Antonio goals scored by Guzman Zavala and Lance Lang in the 31st and 66th. Conrad Plua, who's like one of my favorite USL stories um, from his time back with the Baby Bulls, scored in the 64th minute. San Antonio gets a big old win. Um, Laura Allen, I suppose, since you're a guest and you have notes prepared for everything, hey, what you did, and then and you, uh, you know, present your findings to us <laughs> for each game. Well, uh, actually, I didn't include this game because oh. I thought you had covered it okay. in the we last episode, which of like course it. I listened to the entire episode to sure. confirm that you had recorded uh, yeah. talked about it. I did remember hearing that it, it was mentioned. So I, in fact, did not uh, research that one, but I did every other one, including the two games that, two, three games that happened yesterday. So very nice. I wrong, it was mentioned, and I wrongfully thought the game was over at 1 0, which it didn't change a lot. So prophetic, maybe, but incorrect in the end. Get the Claire Lance Pilgrims. <laughs> um, yeah, guys, RSL not doing great last. Three games. Three games? Yep. Um, which, you know, I, they're not in trouble, well, right? But, like, no. No, no. Well, here's the thing. Let, like, let me get into this. So there, there's two sides to this match. One, not only do we need to look at San Antonio beating uh, Salt Lake City, but the, also the very next match where they beat Phoenix. So yes. San Antonio came out and knocked off six points on uh, the two best teams in the West. Yeah, arguably two best teams in the West. Then you have Salt Lake City, the other half of that, where they're in a three-game uh, skid. And I don't really know where that came from. Uh, they <laughs> they were went almost all season undefeated, and they decided to just, yeah, we're done. Forget it. Um, but they are winless in the in third. And I think just recently, uh, this week, is the first time they fell out of first place. Because they're in second, and Orange County pipped them for first with one point over them and 54, 54 points. Yeah, it's a big deal. So, it is. And you, I don't know. I guess, I guess we need to. This is where we need the stat boys because then you start looking at who's playing who in the first and second week, and and so you know, would Real Monarchs probability play? seeds and, and all that fun stuff would be yeah. interesting to know, I suppose. But uh, but who would you rather play, yeah. Portland Timbers two or Swope Park Rangers right now? Um, <laughs> <laughs> or Reno is losing a lot. Um, <laughs> San Antonio's on a hot streak, so you know it'd be better for Orange County to play Reno than for Real Madrid to get stuck with the, San the Antonio. Te- the team in the West that you don't want to play right now is going to be Swope Park. They've got the best form in five, with four straight wins, and their fifth game ago was a draw. So 
They're turning. They're turning around, climbing up. They're keeping pace with T two. T two is up to fifth. You know, they've won four out of their last five, five out of their last six. But you know, they had that loss um, three weeks ago against Orange County. So, but speaking of hot teams, I didn't realize how good this next team, that Indy Eleven game, was insane. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, Sterikov twice scores in the second minute in the, sec- in the second minute in and the twenty first minute and then Feria gets one in the forty third. Um, Red Bull two not held scoreless a lot this season, but Indy will be very happy to get uh, well a win. Um, and you know plus three in that goal differential, even though wins is the first tiebreaker. But you know, um, finally it looks like someone decided, hey, we'd like to take fifth place from Bethlehem, and, and <laughs> Indy wanted to do it. So no one else um, did. They're on an eight-game unbeaten streak, though. Sorry if I cut you off there, Evan. But, yeah, I read that this week. Eight-game unbeaten streak for Indy 11. And, Laura Allen, I think you have notes for this game, so I'd love to hear what you have to say. Well, I mean, maybe they're on an eight-game unbeaten streak because of that field that they play on that (laughs) is so difficult to look at. So, yes, um, delight is not the word that comes to mind (laughs) when I watch games. Um, But... I, so, so just a bit of my strategy, uh, for going through, well, I won't say this. I'll, I'll save it to the end, hold you in suspense to keep you listening. Um, but one of the things as I was, uh, watching this game, one of the things that I found interesting, I think it was like the 57th minute or around there Indy 11 had this, uh, long cross field forward pass that then resulted in, you know, and then there were a couple passes, but then it resulted in this easy defensive clear because they were just passing too many lateral, like there were too many lateral passes. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I think that's something that moving forward, sure. Like they're taking, they, you know, took the number five seat from Bethlehem. Well, Bethlehem wasn't doing anything to help themselves in that regard either, but we'll get to that later. Um, But, you know, all those lateral passes, you know, you have to be doing more than just, uh, you know, passing in the middle of the field. So that's what I have to say about this game. Fair enough. Fair critique of, I think, a lot of teams that have been streaky this year is that, you know, maybe they look for that extra pass when they shouldn't necessarily. Um, Who knows? Uh, Neither team in our next match had any trouble. Finding the goal, um, Seattle Sounders two four, meaning uh, the what's smaller than a sound? I don't know. Smaller than a sound. and not like a sound wave, like the sound, like the body of of what? Uh, <laughs> anyway, the like the creeks. I don't know. The the team that plays in USL in Seattle scored four goals. And they actually play in Tacoma. Okay, there you go. So, thank you, unbiased Portland Timbers fan Kevin McCamish. Um, the team that plays in Tacoma in the USL scored four goals, and Tulsa also scored four goals. Uh, speaking boy, of, speaking yeah. of Soundwave, like I don't yeah. know if you've ever seen or been to a, a Seattle home game, but Soundwave is the name of their of their little like band that they have on the stands or something. They have like, they have like tubas and stuff. I don't, that's neat. It's fun. Indy 11 has a band as well. It's cute. Hmm. Neat's not the word or cute is not the word I would use, but Hey, I'm a biased Portland Timbers fan, right? Yeah. I was going to say, stop talking. (laughs) Um, 17 year old, uh, area for Tulsa gets a hat trick, which I I think he's the first 17 year old to get one. 
Unless Efrain Alvarez he has did. scored a hat trick. And okay, all I right. think well, he, he might have two. Oh God, that's right. Well, at the Ugh. time, maybe he's sixteen now for sure. He's too good. Anyway, he's too good. Um, yeah, a, a really back and forth match. Um, Seattle decide to steal a point late, but a really good individual effort for Tulsa. There sees them get a uh, rather rare point on the road. They have dangerous players, and and they've been doing well as of late, um, including you know taking care of St. Louis a little bit. So. <laughs> Granted, this is Tulsa, but yeah, they're on the. Or Ellen, your thoughts? You know, I just thought I would uh, make the observation that there was a decent corner kick by the Roughnecks around the 26th minute of the game, but then it was just easily cleared uh, by the by the Sounders' defense. So, you know, we'll just uh, we'll see how things continue to progress. I do think it's interesting that uh, these two teams ended up, um, you know, coming out in a draw. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's still what seven games. I know we have seven games. Yeah, I guess it's six, seven, five, six, seven games left in the season. So uh, yeah, time will tell. As is with all of these teams, certainly. If you want it, I also I, f- I almost forgot about this, but Ferreira <laughs> is on loan from uh, FC Dallas. So that's right. Not He's all of Al- FC Dallas's loanees are going to Bayern Munich. Some have gone to Tulsa. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, well, is, I don't know what that says about the ones that go to Tulsa or not. Hmm. Well, I, I will say that there were a few loans in the middle of the season, like maybe yep. seven games ago, where they it very very much helped them flip a switch, and he is. I've heard people say that he's the best attacker on the field and he's a 17 year old. So he's one to watch. Even if he's playing for Tulsa, you should definitely check him out. <laughs> now I got to see if he actually played in the next game. You keep going. I'm just looking at all stuff. right. All right. Phoenix one, Rio Grande Valley FC nil, uh, Solomon Asante in the 61st minute. Um, I think he's a guy that we've maybe Throw definitely is an MVP candidate, but you can convince me he deserves to be the MVP of the league. And uh, he shows why here. Nothing more important than getting your team three points week in, week out. So there you go. Yep. he's uh, He's been incredibly good. And BGN Written just uh, had an article about um, this team and all the loan guys that they've gotten as of late. I'm going to get them all. I'm, I'm not going to remember their names, but... Um, one is the NYC FC left back. They got a center back named Blackman. Um, Brewster uh, came over from RB Leipzig um, and, and and joined their team after he's on loan from LAFC. But um, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. there's someone else I'm forgetting right now. But four like really solid players like with a lot of quality and a lot of some of them have really good potential. Mm-hmm. Um, they've signed some really interesting players. And yep. of course, my joke was that's how you build a. Uh, mid-season boost in the USL without MLS Tam Gam, but that's just my joke because I support FCC in that. <laughs> sort of. I don't know what you're saying. Uh, Valley. So I do think um, you know before we move on from this game, yeah. uh, as I was watching it in the uh, late in the game, so like the 86, 87th minute, there was this incredible over the back flick um, to continue down, uh, you know, offensively from um, the Phoenix left winger. I couldn't pick out who it was, um, 
but uh, unfortunately it was shut down, but oh my gosh, what an amazing second, like a, what an amazing like lead up to a second goal. I think mm. that would have been, but mm. it was just one of those things when you see it, you're like, wait, what league am I watching? What am I watching? <laughs> right. There's just these moments of brilliance that, mm. uh, you know, some of these players have. So I thought that was pretty great. Yeah. And I feel like Tons Phoenix of- leads the league in those crazy kind of moves, right? Like that scissor kick goal. And yeah, they've had a few this year that have been insane. Very good side. Fun. A lot of individual talent. Which is, um, speaking of fun soccer, the Battle of Canada, as it relates to USL at least. <laughs> uh, Ottawa. Just kidding. Ottawa 4. Uh, Toronto FC 2-3, meaning the Junior Reds scored three goals. Uh, Taylor Portilla uh, Melu-Jiguer, which is like my favorite name, and they only call him Jiguer a bunch, and it makes me sad. Uh, and then Adonaja Reed with the fourth for Ottawa. Uh, Toronto FC scored twice in a minute. John Piccaro, Tsubasa Endo, both scored in the 47th. And then Jordan Hamilton gets the, uh, at least for the time being, game-tying penalty in the 74th. Um, I think we talked about this last week or the week before, but Ottawa is a team that you don't want to play right now because... A, they might actually get into the playoffs here. Uh, and B, there's running through people, which is crazy. Couldn't this week or so. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the Ottawa, I, I was surprised, right? Because, you know, certainly here in Pittsburgh, we have a, not great opinion of the Canadian teams who are in the USL. Uh, but uh, at the same time, I, you know, I remember the last time, you know, the Riverhounds played them and I was just, you know, pretty amazed with how strong of a team they were as a whole. Um, and then, you know, of course we think of Toronto, they had a really rough start to this season. Um, and as I was watching this game, there was just, you know, there were these instances where Toronto would just have a series of just really amazing, like passes and, and going, you know, back and forth and, and kind of really building that progression that you like to see, you know, building progression from the back of the field towards the middle, um, to hopefully get, uh, across or, 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 a you know, a through pass in to get a shot off. Um, but then there was just right this like rough um, cross uh, and then it was just easily cleared by Ottawa. So I was like, oh, of course, here we go again. But um, it was just, you know, really interesting to see. And I do think, you know, some of these teams like Ottawa, like some of the other teams that we'll be talking about later, I just don't think um, the higher up team should really, uh, you know, uh, take them for granted because mm-hmm. I think they're they're stronger than I think we historically perceive them to be. Yeah, no, it's it's bang on. I agree, and and this game was a really weird one too, where I kind of gave up on Toronto. Watching, I watched the whole first half, and I had to go. I can't remember. I think my kids got in the way of me watching the rest, but um, in the first half, I was like, "Well, Toronto's done," because Ottawa mm-hmm. was like just absolutely owning them, getting almost easy goals. Um, my immediate yep. thought was, um, is it uh, Catalano? What is shoot? What is the uh, goalkeeper that hurt himself earlier this year? Cavaluzzo. Cavaluzzo. Thank you. Um, no worries. They're missing him for sure. They're yeah. missing him for sure. So um, that first half was rough, and then TFC clawed their way back. They almost did it, but in the end, gave it up. Yeah. 
Um, in a game that, in fact, both Laura Ellen and I were at, uh, Pittsburgh for Bethlehem won. It was Joe amazing. <laughs> Joe Greenspan finally does that thing that everyone that knows who and what <laughs> and how tall he is, like, want him to do. And gets up for a header and, and nods one in to make it one nothing. James Chambers wins a penalty, question mark, uh, in the 35th. No, no. Ties it, I know. <laughs> and then uh, Canardo Forbes in the 45th with a with a goal of the week contender for sure. Um, really pretty strike from him. Nico Brett, 76. And uh, Jordan, right, Dover in the 79th. Um, Bethlehem probably needed to get their butts kicked. Um, before a bye, and I know this week they're going to be up playing New York City, actually, um, in some capacity, uh, up in New York, um, and hopefully they'll get their butts kicked there, and then they come back and have a couple of games against you know those teams, Toronto FC2 and Ottawa, I think, back-to-back, where you should win those, but if you overlook your opponent like they did against Penn FC, you don't. And you make life a lot harder on yourselves. So I think two wins in the last four here for Bethlehem see them in the playoffs. Um, but they're not making life easy on themselves, which has actually been a running trend towards the end of the season the, in their existence. So, Laurel, and your thoughts from a Pittsburgh side of things, other than, oh, my God, make a far post run? Uh, well, certainly there are, there are many thoughts, um, you know, and I'm sure if I, uh, watched more games more regularly, I would think them, uh, you know, think that about those games as well. I mean, I think one of the things for me, um, that, uh, so Joe Greenspan, this was his second goal. I believe it's his second goal of his professional career, which is really exciting, but it's also the second goal that he scored, with his head. So he has only yep. ever scored professionally using his head, which is incredible. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so that was, you know, kind of like the fun fact of the day. I mean, I think, um, you know, when it comes to the river hounds, they have had a rough, uh, you know, past like four or five games. And so I think this was really the test that we were looking for, uh, as fans mm-hmm. and as supporters and, uh, you know, they did well. So, uh, you know, we play Louisville coming up this, uh, Saturday, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, we'll talk about it, but they're on a short week, yeah. which is exciting, uh, for me. So it's a bit of a gift. <laughs> I, uh, listen, I will take when we get to, when we get a red card, and when we that an undeserved yeah. red card and an undeserved penalty, I will take all the gifts that the universe Fair. wants to give us. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose moving on. Uh, North Carolina FC three, Nashville three. Um, it was North Carolina early, Shiplane and Rio scoring in the 18th and 39th minutes, respectively. Uh, your boy. Brandon Allen with his first penalty in the 51st. Zach Steinberger scores again for North Carolina. Indy 11 looked very bad for loading him down or out. <laughs> I suppose it's just out uh, to a team in their conference who are kind of scrapping in the same spots as they are. Good news is Brandon Allen got a second penalty that he converted in the 80th, and then uh, Lebo Maloto in the 82nd pops up for the first time in the score sheet in, I think, a while, um, and it ends in a 3-3 draw. I mean, that um, goal by Steinberger was a beautiful side bicycle kick. Um, 
it was gorgeous, you know, such um, a gorgeous, you know, and then I, I love to see Lubo scored, um, you know, mm-hmm. he w- was at the River Hounds and uh, two years ago, I guess now, but yeah, it was a good game. Phil Kev thoughts. I listened to the um, interview with Steiner, wow. Steinberger um, was on the inverted triangle. And so his story is really mm-hmm. interesting. I guess when he, found out he was getting loaned he was like i think he trained and they were like we're thinking about loaning you or something i'm gonna get this wrong but i think he got was told maybe this is gonna happen would you be okay with it he said yes went to training finished training and they said pack your bags you got to go now and he like threw a bunch of stuff in a bag and went straight to the airport and uh he said he wanted to make sure he remembered his cleats (laughs) and he was there and he played the next game after he trained for a day or two or something. So really crazy story. And, and he's, he doesn't feel like he was living up to what he thinks he can be. And he's not doing well enough for them to keep him where he was before either. So I guess this was a good move for him because it looks like perhaps he's thriving and living up to the the quality he thinks he can, he can present to a team. Mm. Yeah. Which I, I think I just like as a as an aside here, I mean, I think this is something that potentially, um, you know, could concern me with the number of D3 leagues that we're seeing pop up. So are these leagues going to have the resources to be able to um, make these kinds of loans to give players exposure time to get them playing time? Or, you know, is it going to be one of those things that these these players are going to, you know, and some some of the players in the USL are already working part-time jobs and, you know, driving for Lyft and Uber or whatever. But, um, you know, is there really going to be uh, the ability to have these kinds of loans within or uh, between the, the D3 leagues? Or, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I just... Anyway, that just raises questions for me. But, you know, I think it's exciting that, you know, he was able to get this opportunity and seems to be making the most out of it. Yeah. I, yeah, I was, I was going to say certainly living up to whatever he put on him. Um, just unfortunately, like, I don't know if it was because he got loaned and then got kind of mad that that happened and then started to play really well, as is the case sometimes. Or if he went, hey, you know, that could be a very real thing come the end of the season where they say, and it's not to another team, it's just you're out of a contract. So um, good on him for for playing out of his mind right now. And I'm sure uh, North Carolina appreciates the help. From from Um, what I heard, he was kind of in between being a defensive, like a, 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 you know, deep lying midfielder and an attacking midfielder. And for them, they wanted him to play deep lying and i think it's a system thing by the sound of it where i think we all know that ncfc is one of the top you know they pass a lot one of the more yeah. they pass more than most of the other teams in usl so it probably just fit is fit him better or maybe yeah. this is just a lucky he scored a goal and it's not going to happen a lot it's just something to keep an eye on though for sure um another not su- surprising if I told you it was going to happen at the beginning of the season, I suppose. <laughs> um, not so much surprising if I told you it was going to happen like a month ago. Um, Oconquo gets the only goal on a 1-0 Charleston win over Tampa, who, what, for two games or so there, looked like they kind of found their groove and were, were rolling, and now maybe not so much. No. 
I think they're done. I mean, I would agree with you, Laura. On your thoughts on the Rowdies in this game, and then I mean, I don't know how much of them you've you've followed, other than the Hounds playing them. But is there a chance for them to get in the playoffs? Or I mean, what do you think is kind of the reason they've been skittish this year? You can go wherever you want with that, really. Yeah, I mean, you're really not taking it easy on me, are you? No, not at all. In my DPO, high expectations. I got to play up to your level at this point. Man, I should have said I didn't do anything. You should have. It would have been so much easier. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, I'm not upset by this result. I mean, I mean, I guess I probably would have preferred for the Rowdies to win. But Mm. I mean, at the same time, like it, it doesn't surprise me. I think, um, I don't have, you know, so where we are standing right now, you know, as we're recording, um, you know, it's a really tight race in the top, uh, you know, between second, third and fourth in the East. And so, um, you know, while if a tie or, um, a loss for the battery would have been better for the river hounds, um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the Rowdies have had quite a number of things going on this season. And so, I don't know. I, you know, I think it's time to, to be reflective, take everything as a learning experience, right? Like that's, yeah. I, you know, I think that's where they are at this point. Um, you know, while I, you know, I think you can also learn from winning, obviously. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think... I don't know. Nothing, nothing surprises me anymore. And, and this result certainly didn't surprise me either. Kev, do you think that's guys playing for contracts more than anything right now for Tampa? Um, I guess so. I mean, usually when you get, I mean, just, the season, I mean, they're not mathematically eliminated, but obviously they are pretty far down there. Um, mm. in 13th place, the only team currently eliminated, um, already is Toronto in the East West has Seattle and Tulsa already eliminated. But as far as Tampa is concerned, you know, I, I'm pretty sure it's, it's a lost cause. They've got mm, five games left, three, four, five, uh, yeah, five games left. Um, maybe, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I mean, at this point you've got to just try to win and just show that, Hey, I, I need to be here next season. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams that are at the end, they call it, you know, I want to play spoiler and ruin some teams, you know, momentum going to the playoffs. But it's really, it's just guys like, I'm just playing to keep, make sure I can have a job next season. Yeah. Hmm. Phil, any thoughts on the, on the rowdies? No, I think I've heard someone kind of mention how they lost a lot of their payroll this year. And I meant to look into that. And so, I mean, other than a lot of (laughs) to the coaching staff, well, the coach and then uh, what's his name went back to Wolfsburg to be a sporting director. Or Marcel Schaefer. Yeah, Marcel. Yeah, Schaefer. yeah, yeah. Technical director. So perhaps I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, it's such those a are mystery. two guys that were closer to retirement than not. You know. Yeah. Like I don't really buy that as an excuse for them to say, "Oh, we lost." And granted, Marcel Schaefer is is one of the best. Or I guess was in the past tense one of the best fullbacks in this league when he was here. Um, but to say, oh, we lost Marcel Schaefer and and um, Neil Collins and we're screwed now is a little, yeah. I don't know, weak to me. No, I agree. I agree. Okay, cool. And and aging, you know, I think that's yeah, the story yeah. we've talked about before. But a lot of their stars are aging. 
even but though I mean, Marcel Schaefer was the best they had by far. That guy was incredible, yeah. but you know, even the guys they brought in, like uh, you know, Quadro Poku's there now, and and that was a guy True. where he came in, and I was very you know interested to see what he could do back in the states, and he's been quiet. Well, usually when something happens, he's a part of it. I've found. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean, I guess the, I guess then the team in general's just been a little yeah lacking for goals, which. You know, it's probably a confidence thing at that point, right? Feels so, like it, yeah. yeah. I mean, you you want to say they're going to rebuild, but we also said that about Charleston this year. So maybe they'll just bounce back, you know? <laughs> what if if we say Tampa Bay is going to rebuild, then they'll be really good again. Exactly. So maybe at the beginning, top of next year, we'll just say it's a rebuild year for Tampa. We'll take care of you guys. Don't worry. Yeah, we got you. Don't worry. <laughs> Matt, Dan, it's, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, Phil, keeping with you, you guys uh, got a 1-0 win over Reno, which included a red card for... Uh, for the 1894s, which is my favorite UK pop band. Oh, that's above my head. 1975. Well done. Uh, I'm going to bring in a pony uh, stat because he's oh, not good. here, but he is here. Um, we, we miss him. He's here in our hearts, everybody. Exactly. He, yeah. he, um, so there was a double, a second yellow in uh, the 53rd minute in this game. And, that made um, that made it sixty percent of the time when St. Louis was playing Reno this year, uh, they were playing with ten men. So that that doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. No, sixty percent of the time. So because I think in the other game it was in the fifteenth minute. So yeah, it's about sixty percent. So, uh, but sixty percent of the time we win all the time against mm-hmm. against Reno. Uh, not not for everyone. It's been a, it's been a rough week for St. Louis, but. Hopefully this is confidence. The The goal that Greg scored um, was incredible. I don't know if you saw it, but it was a, a cross from um, – oh, no, I'm blanking on his name. I'm sorry. It was a, it was a low it's a cross. guy, too. Oh, my gosh. Austin Martz. What are you doing? Thank you. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Austin Martz, uh, he's been out for a long time. He finally kind of came back in the, in the last game against Portland. He's a burner, and uh, he was a huge part of our offer- offense, and we're, we saw a lot of that again in this last game where he was a huge contributor in us looking good. But he had a low cross to Greg, and Greg stopped it with his left foot, with his back to goal. It bounced up over his head. He spun around and kicked it in midair, <laughs> and it went good. just right in. It was gorgeous. So um he's been kind of benched a little bit here and there for resting purposes and mm. and i agree agree with the luligans who said it this week that um like you got to start writing guys for the rest of the year who are your best players and, and greg yep. greg is that guy uh same for a couple other guys in different spots but the main story mm-hmm. here is like ride greg and even if he gets hurt just keep going with him he's so good <laughs> i don't want to go that far but yeah, let's well, hope it doesn't get to that. The reason I say that is because there's no more two week, two game weeks. So you know, just keep starting. Oh, fair enough. And yeah. then sub them out if you want, but you got to ride him. One thing I will say about this game, I tried to go back and watch it, and the first half was not available on ESPN Plus. Oh, don't worry, so I, don't, I called ESPN Plus. About I was so it. upset. <laughs> I was like, I can't even watch Wait, the game. Ju- just the first half. Just the first. Like, half. could you watch the second half? Yeah. Yes. It starts with It was with so bizarre. It's really yeah. weird. So I called them and they said we put a someone's going to check it out. And so this evening when I tried to go back and watch the first half, it was just gone. So either they're fixing it and putting it back up. They're probably or, fixing it for re-upload. I Phil Grooms, so. your man for ESPN Plus IT inquiries and tickets. Mm-hmm. 
I'll do it for you. you. Any help on that front? Don't go to ESPN Plus. That would be too streamlined. (laughs) I'll be that middleman. He'll get it off for you there, and he'll let you know about it when it gets back up online. It'll be great. I break legs. Yeah, for sure. I take Um, the stuff from the customers and give it to the engineers. (laughs) So what would you say it is you do here? Perfect. San Antonio 3, Phoenix 2. Talked about this a little bit at the top of the show. We were talking about San Antonio's first win of the week. But a friend of the show, Sam Doors, uh, the first, well, probably the second one this season of the Door Derby. Yeah. <laughs> so Door another derby. good win for San Antonio. Um, Phoenix not playing great against the big clubs, which they're going to want to change that. Yes, they are. Well, <clears throat> as far as San Antonio goes, I think their fans are really happy because, you know, the past three games, they've gotten three wins. So, you know, nine points. It's brought them into the playoff picture where they weren't before. And I think it snapped their, I don't know how many game losing streak um, up to there. Now, Phoenix was, uh, the thing with Phoenix that we need to f- kind of be paying attention is, is this going to be just a blip, you know, a single loss in a string of wins mm-hmm. or is it, or are they going to kind of falter as the season closes like the Monarchs seem to be doing? So I think if Phoenix, if this is just a blip, Phoenix can, is probably going to be fighting Orange County for top of the West. Um, but if they, if they slide a little bit like Real uh, SLC, then it's <laughs> anyone's game. It's very, very close in the West. Yeah. Yeah, it got a lot tighter this week too. Yeah, it did. Yeah, the back like the back four in the West, you know, five through eight, I think they're within just like a couple points of each other. I have it right in front of me one second here. Five through eight is six points. Spread out. Yeah. First to ninth is a twelve point spread. And right now to secure a playoff position. In the West, you'll need to score uh, 48 points. Or, I mean, sorry, 58 points. Uh, Orange County is four off from that right now. So what I was thinking was like six through nine is 40 is four point spread. So and that's like those are like the spots that are close. You know, if Pony was here, he'd say you know the top ten might have a chance. Is what he's been saying. I bet we're down to the top nine have a chance for the playoffs. And just, yeah, I, like I easily person. agree with you on that. It's top nine for sure. Because yeah. between your team, St. Louis, in ninth place with 42 points, tied with Reno, but behind on probably goal difference, um, OKC Energy's in 10th. They are seven points behind you yeah. with an extra game played. So from there down, the, it really, I think, kind of drops off. At this point with the West, clear. we seem to, towards the end of the season, have a split between the top nine and the bottom seven. Yeah, and, and St. Louis plays in San Antonio and Sword Bottom Park eight. Rangers in the next four weeks. So, um, you know, it's it's anyone's to, to win at this point. Yep. Um, I'm going to butcher mm-hmm. his name. Oh, I'm so, I'm so upset because he's an Irishman. Charlotte 2, Richmond 1. I believe it's Amon Zaya. I think. Scored in the fifth minute for Charlotte. Uh, and then Airman gets the 58th minute goal with Gonzalez getting one for Richmond. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't want to call this like an irrelevant win for Charlotte. 
No, I wouldn't say that. But it doesn't mean a ton. They need it. I don't know. I don't know. For their mentality. I mean, three points is three points. Yeah, yeah but... Uh, let's, let's go with this. It's Charlotte. They beat Richmond. It happened. <laughs> they'll be, I mean, they'll be happy about it. I don't know. They, they talking about it. I mean, well, I'd, be un, I'd be upset if you lose against a bottom team. Strangely, yeah. the sh- that Charlotte is tied with North Carolina. I would never have guessed that. They both have 35 points. 10th and hmm. 11th. Eighth point, eighth place. Nashville has thirty nine. It's not inconceivable. It could happen. That's fair. It may not be likely, but it could happen. And I have I'm another saying. There's a chance. I have another complaint about ESPN Plus. It was experienced technical difficulties for the first portion of the match, which I'm not happy about because I couldn't watch the whole game. Hmm. So, but yeah, so I mean, I don't know. Like ESPN Plus or just Phil? Uh. I don't know. I mean, okay. if Phil wants to do it, he can yeah. do it. I think we've set up Phil's the point man for all of us collectively at both the USL show and just USL fans at large. So I'm I think on that works eight. well. I'm working yeah, on it next week when Phil debuts his jump to conclusions game. <laughs> Once again. Although, Wait, is, is that one whenever there's like a technical difficulty, Phil just makes up what happened? <laughs> can that be so. what that means? That would be fantastic. <laughs> As long as I don't need a full body cast in a wheelchair to do that. I'm with you, Kev. I knew the reference. (laughs) (laughs) Just bringing a full circle from the first joke I made. (laughs) All right, next game. Your man, man, Trivet. Did you have a comment on that? All all I want to say is you got to beat the teams you should beat, right? And that's the problem that, you know, at least the Riverhounds have had. And so, you know, you can't, like, Charlotte should have beat the kickers, period. And they did. So good on them, I guess. Fair enough. True, true, true. Speaking of beating teams, you should beat two very beatable teams. Um, well, they didn't draw because that would have been poetic, but one of them beat the other one. Um, Atlanta United 2 2. The brand new team in Harrisburg won. Uh, Sandoval gets things started. Ken Trivet scores another goal. I swear he has like eight. The season, which is incredible, and then uh, the ginger wonder, one of my breed of nearly extinct human beings, scored a goal in the 41st minute to give Atlanta United two the win. And I will apologize to Andrew Carlton because he has to wear red. It's not a great look. <laughs> I don't think he minds, especially when he gets to play with that first first team. Yeah, I mean, I guess if someone paid me to wear red, I would do it, but they don't. So if someone I said don't. you get to play for uh, Tata, I'd be pretty excited about it. That's fair too. Yeah. Our new Patreon level. Donate I was just about to say that, Kevin. To wear red. <laughs> uh, oh, Kevin. Oh, there minds. it is. What I will say about this game, Atlanta scored in the third minute, and it was uh, the buildup to this goal was pretty, and the goal itself was pretty incredible. So there was this long pause, pass out of the back, which was then followed by a beautiful cross, which was headed in. Um, which again, you know, and obviously I'm pulling out the highlights of these games, uh, no, but you know, some of these uh, players and just the the uh, you know sequence of passes uh, and crosses that they have, I just Ah, uh, that's why it's a beautiful game. Am I right? Too mm-hmm. sentimental? Okay, I'll stop. Totally right. Totally right. That was good. That was really good. 
Good plug, good plug. BGN.fm. Um, <laughs> no, like when Atlanta United 2 is on, they play pretty soccer because that's what their first team does. Not that that diminishes what they do, but I mean, that's the system they like to play. And uh, it hasn't worked a lot this year, but when it's worked, oh boy, it's really worked. So It's like classic... Um, uh, classic uh set two side that's like trying to do it right like swope park has moments of bliss you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. that kind of thing and yeah. los dos has like this flashy these flashy moments of bliss you know yeah. but not not the pass it around kind of thing it's just different mm-hmm. yeah. yeah moments of bliss and then a lot of real just disgusting young kids making mistakes but i mean you know that's part of why they're there yeah to get that professional experience to make those mistakes and then either go off to college or you know sign I, deals so. i didn't mean for that to come off as like i look down on no, it no, it's, right. it's, it's there for I a just, reason you know just in case just in case yeah hey um, evan yeah what's real up, quick yeah. real quick you know what i did last what week but i i went i went to the usl show.com yeah man. and i clicked on this i clicked on this banner yeah uh soccer logo and, and, and i yeah. bought stuff wow how about that stuff yeah yeah I got, I'm getting new cleats for my That's playing and back getting back playing seven v seven. Soccer local. Yeah. Get ready for a special. Please don't get ready for a special. Get ready for a special. You play we don't with Kevin McCamish, where I talk about <laughs> how it feels to be vaguely out of shape playing seven aside every week. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. Do, do people want to? I guess we'll have to. Patreon subscribers only. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, I guess we'll throw that in with our special September Patreon episode that's coming out when we find a date to sit down and record that. Um. Anyway, it's like that. It's like that owner that was like, how do you how do you become a millionaire? You start as a billionaire and then you buy a soccer <laughs> club. That's really good. <laughs> that's like if you want to learn about soccer and you yeah. want to listen to a podcast to become dumber, like that's the one you listen, you listen to. to a podcast and then you start playing seven aside. <laughs> right. And you hope that like one of the players of the local club like randomly joins after practice and he stunts on you guys or whatever. I Those mean, that's how I won my state championship. So it all starts with the professional podcast. soccer player nice. got on the field. No, and played a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, that seems like it's rigged, but you know, go for it. I mean, to be fair, Keegan yeah. Rosenberry, I was going to say, did you put school. on like a wig and, and play for you guys. Um, shocker. I'm older than Keegan. So. All right. Well, actually, yeah, that would never mind. We'll keep going. Uh, RGVFC 2, SLC 1, another loss for Real Monarchs. Another Conrad Plua goal. Coincidence? Probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> Quintanilla and Wharton score twice in the second half in six minutes, uh, negating Conrad's second goal of the week. Oh, boy. Not a good result again for Monarchs, losing to a team that, hey, look at that. It's almost like it's a theme they should have beat in RGVFC. I will say there was a an injury injury uh, in the 65th minute, and the I don't know, I couldn't really tell if it was an actual injury or um, a male ego injury. And um, <laughs> well done. Anyway, um, but tensions got really high between the two teams after that, um, and there was a nice set piece. I mean, and it was deflected for a corner. Nothing really happened, but um, I don't know. I do just think it's interesting interesting right with these real and or fake injuries um and then just how players get like all up in each other's business because Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. seemingly have no self-control uh but that's an editorial from my perspective (laughs) fair enough 
Um, I'm gonna just start running down these because Kev wants to go eat food, so we can we can do that. Um, Orange County said, "Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did this?" And then they did it. Uh, OKC lose three to two in the worst possible way. Rasmussen gets a uh, a penalty kick in the 20th minute. Dixon scores in the 64th. Uh, Michael Seaton opened things up for Orange County in the 24th. And then is that former New York Red Bull Noah Powder? Do we know? Uh, Doesn't really matter. Yeah. Scoring in the 90 plus fourth minute. And then Quinn gets the third and game winner, 90 plus five. Two goals in uh, the final. Give Orange County three points. And more than that, the number one spot in the West, at least for now. Um, it's weird seeing a team not from Salt Lake City up in the first place spot in the West. It's kind of refreshing. <laughs> a little bit. It, it is a little bit. I'm pretty sure that SLC has been yeah. um, in first almost like every game until now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, to confirm, it was Noah Powder. Hey, look at that. And Aiden Quinn. Two guys that I quite like, and I'm very glad to see them not in the Eastern Conference. Moving on. Speaking of not seeing them in the Eastern Conference, Sacramento 3, Seattle Sounders 2, nil. Kamawasa and uh, Acel? Acel, Acel? Two goals, 58th minute penalty kick score in the 64th. A uh, Alfaro second yellow in the 63rd for Seattle means he will uh, miss a game. But a good win here for the Republic. So nothing to do with the game, but I visited the Sacramento um, store a couple years ago. For this, yes, yes, and they're my. Uh, if I had to pick a Western Conference team, yeah. they would. They they are now my team. So okay. I'm not going to do anything special about it. But just for the record, I'm a Sacramento FC fan. Unless I, Sacramento I and the Riverhounds play in the finals, mm. and then go Hounds. Yeah, it's a good logo. It's a really nice color scheme. Good history. If, Still sweet. Good. if I had to be a fan of a team on the East Coast, yeah, I would probably be a fan of the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Wilmington. Yeah, because we're but, the best. Well, we gave you Nico Brett. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. He's good at the soccer's. That's Portland's claim to it fame is, is giving lots of other teams good players. Kind <laughs> of, right? It's true. It's very true. <laughs> it's so very good so at true. That. Uh, or or is it that players, other away. teams know how to use the players that they're given? Mm, mm, mm. I think it's a combination Maybe. of both, actually. I Fair mean, to, to take two minutes into it. It's it's that uh, maybe we're not the best at evaluating the raw talent. We're maybe not the best at developing that raw talent. Mm-hmm. And then other people are like, hey, we'll take a crack at it. And all of a sudden, they're good. I don't know. I would love to think that we'll get better at that and there will be less uh, diamonds that fall through the cracks. You might know. We shall see. Speaking of things falling through cracks in a game where they drop money out of a helicopter, Las Vegas lost to Los Angeles. <laughs> um, it's pro. In the pro first annual, could we use this money to pay our players? Sure, but why not drop it out of a helicopter? Um, Salgado scored first for Las Vegas and then uh, Lasseter in the 20 goal puppy. My favorite USL nickname. Okay, time. so 
I have a genuine question. I have maybe a genuine No, I probably don't have a genuine answer. This is one of the few actual questions I have. Okay. So, was watching the game. They took a hydration break, which, like, it makes sense. They were in Vegas. But, like, if they take a hydration break every game that they play in Vegas, does that break built into every single home game is that like an advantage or a disadvantage to the Las Vegas teams Ooh. that they can like have, you know, whatever, two, three, five minutes to like, if they're planning rest. on like a three minute timeout. Right. Basically. Right. Is there some sort of like advantage or more Ooh. likely a disadvantage that that gives it? I don't know. Just a thought that I had as I was watching the game. Um, so I don't know if any of you I, have an answer for that or if have, any of our listeners have, have an answer. I have an opinion. So yeah. I think hydration uh, breaks. Go, go opinion. Go for opinion. I, I think that hydration breaks tend to break up play and momentum and they're not necessarily advantageous. However, if you are playing in Vegas where personally I would probably need a hydration break just to go out and get my mail. Mm. Um <laughs> It would be potentially (laughs) go out the front door. Oh, I got to stop. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Get the mail. Stop. Hydrate. Get back inside. AC is running. (laughs) I got like, anyway, um, if you are there and you know for a fact that it's like, you're going to get two or three hydration breaks over the course of say 10 to 12 of your 17, some odd home games, then perhaps you uh, you can plan around that, I, I guess. It seems like it would be difficult because you can't really plan for weather. Other than like, well, it's going to be Vegas, it's going to be hot, but is it going to be hot enough for hydration breaks? So probably more of a disadvantage than an advantage. I think you can, Phil opinion? Yeah, I think you can play around it. Um, I don't think it's as big of a difference as like Louisville City's field or like other field changes like that. You mean uh, cool? making both those teams build a before the game they play this week yeah yeah it's probably a big advantage yeah and, anyway but the thing is with all of those advantages and disadvantages like they are both teams have to deal with it at the same time you know yep. so i guess you can plan around it but i don't know if it's worth it if it pays off it all I, bounces out in the end i think i think the second half hydration break would be the one where you could make the argument that there's a distinct advantage for Vegas playing in Vegas. Maybe. I mean, it depends on how much you think a coach can do with two and a half minutes of time to yell at his players. So, well, that's, um, that's actually, I think that's a good point because when I play this, my seven aside outside, if I know I'm like, I've been on like on the field for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I play really short because I'm not good. I don't play long. I don't mm-hmm. want to hurt my team. But if I know I'm like about to come off at in pretty soon, I will make one of those terrible runs, mm-hmm. like really long runs, or I'll like run a guy down because I know I'm coming out. So I bet a lot of guys are like, well, there's a hydration break coming. I'm going to run real hard on this one. And I guarantee you guys have thought that on the field. Maybe. Yeah. Um, Kev, you know what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Portland Timbers 4. Tulsa nil Timbers two goal scored by premier league winning midfielder, <laughs> Jack Barnby. No, I'll never agree Up with that. <laughs> yeah, he did it. 
So so he's a Premier League winning midfielder, but USL is the, is is easily his ceiling. I mean, is that what we're, we're going to go with? Because it's his ceiling. I, on, I'm telling me. you right now, like he's not. I have not seen anything from him that that you can it. you can find me bad players in every sport that have won that sport's respective title. So <laughs> that's fair. Yes. Anywho, yes, Portland <laughs> did beat Tulsa four 0 Seattle put four goals past Tulsa. So did we, but we got all three points. Ha ha. <laughs> Salty much? Yeah, I don't understand what that was. Was it that Tulsa was so bad that you felt like you needed to get one over on Seattle, but you didn't because you scored uh, the same amount of goals? No, I'm just okay. being facetious. Right. Um, it was He's a very good. It was a very good, part. very dominating game from Portland. Um, Foster missed another, another penalty kick. <laughs> uh, Foster the penalty. I had I actually missed the second half of this game. Um, so th- I saw three of the goals, but I didn't see Arboleda's goal and I didn't see Langsdorf miss his penalty. Um, which kind of sucks because Langsdorf, I think, has missed now three, including that one. Um, Do you just feel those now? Like you don't even have to watch the game. It's just you get a twinge in your body and you're like, oh, Foster. Oh, he missed another one. Uh, yeah. No, I don't know. But it's it's one of those things where it's like, well, we beat him, still beat him 4-0, so what does it mm-hmm. really matter? Yeah. Other than he should probably practice his, his penalty kicks if he's going to be one of the ones stepping up and doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the big one about this is like, is Arboleda is back. Um, he came back and got the... Uh, game winner in the previous match, I think it was against St. Louis, and then in this one comes on in the 65th minute, scores again in the 84th. Um, it's it's been a, a, a good to have him back in with the team. He changes the game. He did against us at least. He was ridiculous. Yeah, and and again, I'm I'm pretty sure he did the same thing in the second half. Unfortunately, I didn't watch it because I had to go to my own soccer match. Is he a USL guy or does he get time at MLS too? He's actually signed to a first team contract. Um, he was with T two, then he was signed with the first team, but loaned down. And then he's gotten a. I think he's gotten. I know he's gotten some bench appearances. Whether he's gotten MLS minutes or no, or not, I can't remember. Um, but he was then sent out on loan to Columbia this season, and he's returned, and then a f- quote unquote officially loaned down to T two. I don't really know why they decided to make a press release on that one as opposed to literally any of the other loans that they make constantly. Um, but he's loaned down to T2 for the rest of the season. So yeah, an MLS he'll be there. loaner vibe to him when he came on. That's all I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, if he is the season-long loan for the Portland Timbers, they like are obligated. To, I, I don't want to say legally because that implies that it's like a law from the state, but by the law of USL and MMS and MLS, they, uh, they actually have to release a press release because it denotes that he is their one season long loan or something. Which is funny if he's the season long loan at the end of the season. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, I didn't know Jake McGuire was Bethlehem season long loan until the beginning of this year from last year. So, you know, life happens. It does certainly. Um, <clears throat> you had mentioned in the previous game where where Tulsa and Seattle yeah. drew four four. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jesus Ferreira got his hat trick. He, yeah. I checked, he played and started or started and played all ninety minutes in this game and didn't get any goals. So, just trying to get one up on the sound again, there, friend. Seventeen. Um, I don't know. Hey, your penultimate game of the week, Evan. That doesn't make any sense. Wait for it. Swope Park one. Haji beats just that's that's a bad reference. Haji Berry with a goal in the 14th and Fresno with five yellows. 
they sold like literally none of the ball. Like if you told Park, I would have about that much possession. Um, Laura Ellen, your thoughts? So wow, they didn't have the ball at all. Uh, not exactly. My my biggest takeaway from this game, and you know, probably not the biggest takeaway, but um, in the 35th minute of the game, the Fresno goalkeeper came out, um, and he was like way out of the box. Um, the ball was coming, uh, and uh, took out a player. Oh, he didn't even take out the player. The player didn't even fall over, but he got a yellow card. Um, and, and it's one of these interesting things. Um, you know, I was a goalkeeper, uh, through all of middle and high school, didn't play in college, um, you know, cause academics, uh, but, mm, mm. and I was not a good, um, goalkeeper, but anyway, but, uh, no, no, no. you went on a title. Let me focus on being a really awesome person and getting like a doctorate and things. Well, certainly. Okay. Uh, but, you know, I do think um, in this case, and I watched it like two or three times, um, you know, I do think the Fresno goalkeeper did deserve a yellow card in that instance. But I, I do think it's one of these things that's interesting of this balance of making sure that goalkeepers stay safe certainly because they're putting their oftentimes putting their heads in situations where they can easily get Mm. kicked or stomped on or something but then also Mm. keeping other players safe from goalkeepers right and i think this is my biggest issue with many of the yellow and red cards and and the inconsistency that we've seen throughout the season across the board from the officiating um but how can the officials keep players safe. And so I think in this instance, while the, the, the offensive player didn't fall over anything, um, I do think it was uh, a good yellow card. So I just, I wanted to mention that um, just because I know there's been several instances, you know, even with the rubber hounds with some of our young Mm -hmm. keepers where they've Mm -hmm. come out to make these field plays and it gets a little bit tricky sometimes. Yep. Trying to like articulate, why we think he's in the league are bad, and Lord Allen just did it like 10 seconds. So we just want refs to be consistent so that people can stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, it's about these players that are barely getting paid anything, most of them, right? Um, and I yeah. don't think that they should be punished over the course of their life for um, a decision to, you know, try and make it in the pros. So. But that's my personal opinion. Uh, Your last game of the week, by the way. Cincinnati currently will in the 39th minute. They will be playing those in paddle boards. Go go look that up. A lot of water. Field was an absolute disaster. And uh, I would be ashamed, I guess, is worse than embarrassed if I was Louisville City's grounds crew and or anyone that had anything to do with that park getting absolutely... uh, I don't know, obliterated by rain. What I appreciated most about this game was that when they stopped playing because of the condition of the field and the rain, they phrased it as the game has been abandoned in the 38th minute. I was like, oh, it's been abandoned. What does that mean? And then I was just imagining to myself all of the FC Cincinnati fans who were outraged that Mother Nature was also (laughs) against them, just like everyone else in the USL. 
I wasn't gonna say mm. anything, but it was that's where I was like, "Oh, this, this, this is where they are." Leagues out to get us. Mother Nature's out to get us. Man, when you blame Global Mother warming Nature, is for- out to prevent us from winning the USL Cup. <laughs> damn it, and we can't Sexy have that. Fans, come on! How inconsiderate of the Earth for getting hotter, girl! You crazy? Um, just a really quick side note. Um, yeah. So go for it. Uh, my husband Justin, who does the preview shows for um, Mongols, told me today that he went. He was like meeting someone at another um, at work to like give them something and like doing this exchange, et cetera, et cetera. And Justin is a fan of the Philadelphia Union, and so he was wearing a Union sweatshirt today. And the the guy asked him, "Oh, you know, are are you an MLS fan?" and and Justin said, yeah, you know, like I support the Riverhounds in the USL, but, you know, I'm a union fan. And um, the guy was like, yeah, I just don't know how my FC Cincinnati is going to do next year. And Justin was like, I'm sorry, what? And I was like, no. And this is in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. FC Cincinnati, keep your fans in Cincinnati. We don't want them here in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Thank you. That's politely even. It's better than a lot of us do here. Um <laughs> hey laura ellen while you're at it plug the floor is yours yes thank you evan you're uh welcome. so i did something um a couple months ago i think it was uh in the spring uh so there's this program ca- called tableau and it allows you to create interactive data visualization and so i had taken a bunch of information from the usl as a whole Um, looking at the size of stadiums, the number of seats, and then season ticket prices. And so with the help of a lot of other wonderful folks from the Beautiful Game Network, I have updated uh, the USL Tableau. And so it's now separated out into two different kind of pages. One is a map, the other one is a table. Um, So we'll be sure to disseminate the link to that um, and make sure the link gets updated on the USL show website. Also, maybe, please. Um, And, yeah, I think it's just a fun thing. Uh, If you see any mistakes or think that there is anything uh, that should be there that's not, please let me know. Uh, This is certainly a work in progress. Um, Yeah, so I think it's really exciting. I love it. I think it's fun to kind of play around with it. Um, so, So that's my thing. And, um, Evan, if I may have just a few more seconds... I just want to say the most happiest of birthdays on Friday, September Mm. 14th to our very own Mm. Kevin McCamish. And I would like to Mm. sing him a quick rendition of happy birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday to (laughs) you. Yeah. Happy birthday to you. Oh, good. Happy birthday, dear Kevin. Yeah. Happy birthday to you. There you go, Kevin. Happy birthday. <laughs> she threw a little sass there in there go. for you. Thank you very much. Good. Thank you very much. That was very. It started very. This is this is awful. This started very. Um, Marilyn Monroe to to John F. Kennedy. Oh. And then it and then it got a little more. The happy birthday you know and love. So. That was good. The one the first. Yeah, yeah. Evan, stop uh, making this weird. Yeah, yeah stop, I'm sorry. I'm stop sorry. flirting I'm with sorry. the one girl that My comes on this show. That I you didn't hear the hacker. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was. <laughs> Kevin, just very excited. It's your birthday on Friday. Happy 80th birthday. I was going to um, say 21st. 
I'm not that, well, hey. I'm not that old. <laughs> Happy 18th birthday, Kel. Uh, the, oh, eight, the, the age that I am, if you take yeah. those two digits and add them together, I would be a number nine striker. There you go. See? Mm-hmm. How about Good that? Man. I can't even come up with something witty in the in the amount of time it takes me to do math. You found my weakness, it's math. Um, Kev, where can people find you on the internet and things? I wish you a happy birthday on Friday. Well, preferably Friday, but I suppose any day before then. Or even a day after if Liverpool yeah, get five wins in a row on a Saturday. Right. But anyway, I am at K McCamish PDX and I am at PTK Podcast. Hit me up if you need anything. I have um, both of your stickers and, and your shirt now, so that's exciting. Yes, we have merchandise. Two yeah. stick, two types of stickers, although I'm currently out of T-shirts. But Fair enough. Uh, yo, Wavy, where can people find you on the internets? Uh, Phil Grooms on Twitter, two L's, two O's, STL yeah. Soccer Report on Twitter. Yeah. You know, in my head, whenever I go and, and at, Phil Grimm's the two L's and two O's. A part of me is like, time to talk to the wave factory <laughs> or the wave pool. Yeah. Maybe the wave. Man, the wave anyway. pool is that's like nostalgia and, and, yeah. and coolness all wrapped in. Yeah. The, you know, that's what thing. you are, man. You're nostalgia and coolness. You're makes me so happy. Anyway. You just make, um, you know how to put a smile on my face. Evan. I, I try, man. I try anytime, anytime. Uh, if you want to follow me and maybe get some random compliments or things, or, um, yeah. I don't know. I just want to say hi at speak Evan speak. It's a really good Twitter handle. Um, also, if you want to get in touch with the show, it's at the USL show. Also friendly reminders. If you go to the USL show.com, not only can you find all of our episodes, including the ones with Kyle and Josh and Chad and pony and Brendan, which, you know, good listens. If you want to learn about 2017 USL, uh, you can find all of our episodes from now, and you can also find a link to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash the USL show. A friendly reminder, if you want to interact with us live and get um, two or three minutes of pre-roll stuff, which is always entertaining because people don't know that I'm recording for two minutes until they go, oh, that says live. Uh, check us out, youtube.com backslash the USL show. Or if you you know search on YouTube, the USL show, you will find all of our shows. So check it out. I think we're like, one subscriber away from 15, which is really cool. Also, we're like 15 away from 1400 on Twitter, which would be really cool. Twitter.com backslash the USL show. So um, hit us up. Let us know if you uh, if you become a Patreon. Thank you incredibly so much. And uh, hey, Lauren Allen, it was, it was really cool having you on. Thanks for coming. Yeah, and uh, if you want to know where you can find me on Twitter, thanks for asking, Evan. Yeah, and I'm sorry uh, about that. Go it's- for it. Laura Ellen Ash. Oh, no, it isn't. Doesn't have my it's last not. name. MSW. Laura Ellen MSW for Master of Social Work. I'm a social worker. Or please check us out on Womongols. That's W O M O N G O A L S. And we're oh, doing a really concerted effort to put out fun facts and information about the USL, uh, you know, soccer more broadly and the Riverhounds uh, every single day. So please go and check us out. Uh, we're really excited about that. Cool. Yeah. Um, thanks, everybody. Friendly reminder, the one rule of the USL show that you should take with you in life. Just don't be a dick. <laughs> we'll talk to everybody next week. Take care.